Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hour two of the program. Welcome on in our Blue Runner Gumbo Opinion Poll. What's the Saints' most important position to target in free agency? Wide receiver, tight end, cornerback, D-line, linebacker. You let us know, www.com. The radio.com app. We'll have more live listen-ins of LSU and Southern. Mikhail Hilliard got out of that inning unscathed, and, well, LSU rolling. Anyways, 16 nothing, 16 nothing as they head to the bottom half of the sixth inning. LSU on their way to being 8-0. Also, Sam Houston defeated the New Orleans Privateers 71-60 to here in the city tonight. So Sam Houston going to go on and win the Southland Conference regular season title, and New Orleans will try to enact their revenge in the conference tournament. Got a lot of NBA to talk about this hour. More Anthony Davis situation. We'll talk some LSU, a little bracketology. We'll give you an update on the latest bracketology from CBS, ESPN, USA Today, and SB Nation and let you know where they have the Tigers after yesterday's win. But coming on in here for his weekly spot is Carter Bryant at Carter the Power on Twitter and host of the Carter Bryant Show in South Arkansas, 107.1 FM, 1400 AM. And Carter, you're a... All over social media right now, uh, you're calling out uh, the charges. Uh, you're calling out uh, beads. You're calling out me, probably. I don't know, man. No, man. I, I'm so excited that <laughs> once again the Pelicans delivered another great in-game experience. I I love going to Pelicans games. They give out a bunch of cool uh, Mardi Gras beads and stuff like that. And one of my favorite things is that the Pelicans are going to win again tonight because I think the Lakers are going to get beat again tonight. That's just how I feel about this whole thing. So here's the thing. LeBron is not ready for Stanley Johnson. He is not (laughs) ready for Stanley Johnson. So I'm uh, getting ready to watch this game. Seth, how are you? I'm great. And um, Anthony Davis is going to play again tonight, man. Uh, he's he's yeah. actually going to play against the yeah. Lakers in Los Angeles. Dumpster fire activate or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason, he couldn't play this past weekend. And for some reason, before That's a game against there. the Warriors, yeah, that was it. AD was scared. But, no, um, I love AD. He can do whatever he wants. But it's the same thing about why LeBron was up at 11.59 making tracks with two, ja- two chains before sitting out against the Warriors for – quote, load management. Whenever you hear the terms load management, you're either watching a very kinky film or you're getting ready to hear a horrible, horrible, horrible reason to sit out a game. I mean, the NBA is a farce. Players are sitting out whenever they want to, even though they're on the road, staying at five-star hotels with world-class medicine. The, The problem is that the regular season is so worthless. And you know, there's these games where players just take nights off, kind of like what LeBron has done recently, even though they actually do need to win right now, the Lakers. And I, I find it fascinating that the Pelicans, when Anthony Davis isn't in the lineup, they're playing really hard, and I, I, I love it. So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic tonight on how AD changes things for the Pelicans as they match up against the Lakers. 
Well, this whole Anthony Davis situation has been a big load, a big load of nonsense. But, Carter, you know this. If, if your coworker is telling management, I'm too good to work with these people, like, I'm too good, I don't want to play with these people, I don't want to work with these people anymore, I don't want to be here anymore, which one of these players really wants to be on the court with AD right now? There might be one or two, but come on. Nobody's going to want to be on the court with this guy right now. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just weird. It is very weird. Yeah, it's so weird. You know, one thing, though, is when AD's not on the court, you have guys like Czech Diallo who played really well against the Lakers, and they just seemed more free. It didn't seem like anything mentally was holding them back. And one thing, when when your star post player isn't in the game, and AD doesn't take up a lot of space. He's good at feeding off of guards. Um, But when your star post player isn't in, it does open up the floor and it makes you not feel like you have to force in the ball. So it, it, it is a pretty interesting dynamic. But once again, Seth, I, I know you agree with me. I don't know why he's currently playing, but he's going to play and we just got to live with it. It's Carter Bryan with us at Carter the Power on uh, Twitter. The, the latest rumors and speculation here, Carter around the Pelicans are that Alvin Gentry may indeed keep his job. Got a lot of support inside the building, uh, reportedly from Danny Ferry and Mickey Loomis, maybe even Gail Benson. Would that be the right, wrong decision? You indifferent? Well, from the get-go, I've never been a big, this coach actually matters a whole lot to an NBA team kind of guy. It's all about players. I mean, you know, we wouldn't be talking about Steve Kerr the way we are now if he would have chose the Knicks over the Warriors. Luke Walton is horrendous, but when he filled in for Steve Kerr and he had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, he was fantastic. So I don't think it's going to change a whole lot because the Pelicans, frankly, aren't going to be that good when 180 leaves this summer. So, yeah, I I don't mind Alvin coming back. I kind of like rewarding him, dealing with all the off-court issues that he's had to deal with. I mean, I don't know if a coach has really ever had to deal with a trade rumor quite like this one in the middle of the season and dealing with all the media questions and having to deal with the locker room and having young players have to deal with this very weird situation. Yeah, I would like to see Alvin get another year. Why not? All right, let's talk about another one of your boys, Carter, and that's uh, LeBron James. You mentioned Luke Walton there. Is it Luke Walton's fault that LeBron has stopped trying? I mean, I think you've seen all of these snippets and videos that are circulating social media from yesterday's Lakers game and really the last week where he's just flat out literally stopped playing during live action, throwing his hands up in the air and complaining all the time. I mean, is that Luke Walton's fault? What's going on with your boy, dude? No, this is all on LeBron. And this is supposed to be LeBron's team. LeBron knows that whenever he comes, that – he sort of becomes a coach. And when you're and, – and I saw this even in the Pelicans game. You know, I, he was getting ripped. I mean, he was getting just bullied around by by players that are nowhere near his caliber. And we saw that against the Grizzlies as well. And it was even worse to the point where Spoon Center had their own segment and it's gone viral. Yeah, this is all on the LeBron. You know, if you're a guy that wants to pull people out and – say when you want to get subbed out and you're seeing that playing hard, this is on you. This has nothing, nothing to do with Luke Walton. But you know this whenever you get LeBron, you get the corporation. You get the guy that calls the shots instead of the actual coach, and that's the problem. So LeBron's 34. Um, 
be 35 next season, and we all think he's immortal just because of his physical stature. He's been insane. He doesn't seem to be affected uh, by father time until this year. But if you look at some of the other players, the all-time greats, Michael Jordan, he retired at 34, came back, and then wasn't the same three years later. Kobe Bryant, precipitous drop-off at the age of 34. Yes, that had to do with that Achilles injury and others. But I'm just wondering here, are we finally witnessing LeBron's, and it's going to happen sometime, Carter, but LeBron's decline in play here is the ages. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. Uh, the medicine has gotten better, obviously. He has his own trainer. He spends $1.5 million a year on personal chef training and all that good stuff. Yeah, why can't I get it's that job, cool, by though. the way? G- give me that chef's job for, you know, a cool, uh, you know, three quarters of a mill or something. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's strange. Um, I was fortunate to sit kind of close to, to where the Lakers were this weekend. And his trainer, Mike Mancius, who's been with him since year two, he travels everywhere he goes. And during every break, LeBron puts these very weird ice packs on his knee. Uh, it's 24-7 about body recovery and dieting. There's a really, uh, he did a really good interview with a guy named Tim Ferriss about this. But you got to think about all these runs to the NBA Finals. You got to think about all these bad teams he's carried for years. You got to think about all these six and seven game series. And he's been doing this at a high level. On top of that, the Olympic runs as well. You know, uh, eventually this is going to run out. And honestly, I, I w- it would not surprise me if LeBron just tanking out this year. And, and it wouldn't surprise me within the next week or so if he just sits it out, if the Lakers keep losing and they have no future as far as making it to the playoffs, I would not be surprised if LeBron does something like that. This guy's never been afraid to do something that's unpopular. He, he wasn't afraid about the Miami heat debacle. I think this is a very real opportunity that LeBron James just shuts the whole operation down because honestly, it would be better right now for the Lakers to not make the playoffs than for them to get as a seven or eight seed. If you don't make the playoffs, that's grounds for saying, okay, we need a new coach, which LeBron wants, and we need new players, which LeBron wants. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron just tanks out the rest of the year just to save that body. And uh, they'd be involved in the lottery. And you know how this works, Carter. The one, th- the conspiracy theory that I'm all in about, the only one, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. The one that there's just way too much evidence that this happens is the NBA draft lottery is rigged. Anthony or, uh, New Orleans getting the number one pick right after Tom Benson buys the franchise. Patrick Ewing going right. to number one to New York. I mean, the, the, the LeBron, all of a sudden Cleveland, the number one pick when hometown hero LeBron is right there. Would they rig it for the Lakers, man? Yeah, of course. I mean, why not? You, I mean, one thing that's kind of scary about the NBA, and, and this is just the truth about the Lakers brand and LeBron, there were far more, and, I, and this is not an exaggeration, far more Lakers fans than there were Pelicans fans this past weekend. They're such a big brand, and LeBron has so many fans. When he leaves and when he's not relevant, it hurts the entire league. And something that I don't think that we factored in just yet, and it's something that Adam Silver needs to address, and I think he will after this year, so the NBA Finals is going to feature an Eastern Conference team that doesn't include LeBron. And 
let's say the Bucks make it. Well, it's Milwaukee, small market. Well, Giannis is a big star. Well, he's not that big a star. Not most people know who Giannis is. If the Eastern Conference team is like the Raptors or something like that against the Warriors, that's going to be a ratings disaster. Awful. So LeBron is such a big draw that I think, you know, you need him to be relevant. You need the Lakers to be relevant because the league hurts when they're not. Yeah, and they need the Lakers and LeBron in the playoffs because of that. The Western Conference all of a sudden right. becomes all about the Warriors. At least you'd have a little intrigue there. Can LeBron make the finals for, what, the ninth consecutive year? It's Carter Bryant joining us. Carter, the power. and A little, little bit of SEC and LSU hoops. I know you were watching that Arkansas game yesterday and then LSU yesterday and Tennessee escapes with a win today. What do you think about the top of this conference? Are, are the, all three of those teams, Tennessee, LSU, Kentucky, are they – contenders to make a final four what do you think about lsu and sec hoops man yeah well first thing uh, for those that saw the end of that tennessee Ole miss game tonight we need to get rid of the charge call like if a player is intentionally drawing a charge especially in this case and i don't know if you saw it seth and i did i'm sure yeah. not many of you saw it. it he's 30 feet away from the basket drawing a drawing a charge on a game winning three 30 feet like do we really want to watch Players try and draw charges. Have you ever gotten a thrill set from watching a player draw a charge, intentionally creating a collision where a lot of people can get hurt? No. There's nothing fun about drawing charges. But anyway, that's not here nor there. You know Um, what the sneaky – I'll tell you a little sneaky secret. One of my favorite things when I was playing every game was if I was drawing a charge, man. You know, if I was there, drawing a charge – back against the grounds, and you just watch the offensive player kind of sulk away. Yeah, you like getting run over and having back pain. <laughs> I get it. That, that's great. I mean, tell you, you're, when you have arthritis here in six months, well, I shouldn't have drawn all those charges. Okay, anyway. Right, well, at least uh, I can blame it on something then. I got a direct link, yeah, the charges to yeah, my you're arthritis. Gonna, yeah, you're going to be telling your grandchildren one day, I had this bad back from all the charges I threw at the Boys that's and Girls nice. Club when I was eight. <laughs> that's exactly that, what it's going to be. No, but, but okay. LSU is a team that can make a run to the Final Four. They have elite guard play. Not one, not two, but three real playmakers at the guard position. They got bigs that can stretch you out. And one thing they do well, they're a pretty consistent free-throw shooting team. So, um LSU is definitely a team that can make a run um, to not only the Final Four, the national championship. I, I really do believe it. I mean, they have a great coach. They do a lot of things well. Nasri can step out and hit that big three if you need him to. Skylar Mays is a heady guard. And they really are built kind of like John Brady's Final Four team from many years ago. I mean, they have a lot of guys that do a lot of different things well. Uh, Tennessee, I worry about them defensively. Obviously, you know, Williams is a great under the rim big and Jordan Bowen has great athleticism for a guard and obviously Kentucky's Kentucky. I mean, they survived a scare against Arkansas, but uh, for the most part, Kentucky's very athletic as well. PJ Williams, Tyler Harrow's probably the best shooter in college basketball right now. So I think all three of those teams can make a push to the final four. If I were to pick a team out of that group to make a deep run in the final four, I would pick LSU because they have experience at the guard position. 
And what happens in this in the field of 64, teams get tired. Uh, you're playing a lot of random games in neutral sites. The games get ugly. The pressure steps up. So what happens? You need a guard to settle things down. The game slows down, more fouls. You need to be able to shoot free throws. LSU has both of those check marks uh, marked. And I think because of that, LSU is the one team out of those three that can make the deepest run in the tournament. Yeah, I'm with you. And now that they're learning how to win without Tremont Waters the last couple of games, I think that's just going to make them all that better, all that more dangerous when it's conference tournament time and NCAA tournament time. It's Carter Bryant at Carter the Power on Twitter. And a veteran move here, Carter. We got through the interview before. I've got a bone to pick with you. Uh, the first yeah, time you were in the city, uh, it was my fault. We didn't hang out. This last weekend, though, I was hanging out on the parade route on Friday night, had the show off, and, uh, you know, hoping Carter's going to show up. Or wait, it was, uh, And it never happened. Saturday, I'm sorry. Saturday, and it uh, never happened, man. Well, what happened? Yeah, so uh, a comedy spot that I was scheduled <laughs> to do got canceled because it was an outdoor event. Uh, the girlfriend was with me, though, and she wanted, to, she wanted to go out for dinner, so I had to listen to her, and... When crushing sushi, man, and then after that it was pass out time. I had a, I had a show in Arkansas uh, the night before, and you know I had the Pelicans game as well. The show ended at midnight, so it was, I was just too tired. I, I love, I love you say, it, but it's cool though because you know I, I have so many friends in radio and so many spots that I do uh, just at random radio stations. I do more spots on my shows and your shows and wherever that I've never actually physically met the host. <laughs> and I, yeah. it, 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 it's kind of strange, though, because I've talked to you more than I've talked to a lot of my family members, and I actually like talking to you. I don't like talking to my cousin Jim. Jim is boring, but I have to see him because we all get together <laughs> as a family every now and then. Jim has never – if you and I hung out, we would, we would enjoy each other, but – it is what it is, Seth. One day our paths will cross. One day. I, I, you know what I feel like? I feel like we're just going to start intentionally making sure we don't see each other. It's some kind of curse. Like as soon as this happens, one of us is going to look into the mirror and, I don't know, turn into a toad or something. I don't know how that works. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, the aura of that's pretty cool. <laughs> right. Oh, well, I'll see you again next week right here on the radio then, Carter. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, yeah. Go Pals. Okay, there he goes. Go Pels. Uh, he'll be rooting for LeBron tonight. Uh, he'll have an AD jersey and a LeBron jersey sewn together, I'm sure. Carter Bryant at Carter the Power, 1400 AM, 1071 FM in South Arkansas, and he'll join us every week right here on The Last Lap. We're taking a break. Coming back with your calls and texts, a little LSU bracketology, college basketball bracketology update as well. Coming up here on The Last Lap, noon and on your drive home at 530 Marty got traffic reports every 20 minutes brought to you by Supercuts and by Sprint. Let the good times roll with unlimited data, talk, and text. We'll take a break. Coming back with a bracketology update, ESPN, CBS, Sports, USA Today, and SB Nation all updating LSU seed. Welcome back in. A couple of LSU basketball notes. Skylar Mays scored his 1,000th career point yesterday in LSU 66-55 to win. Also, the College Basketball Coach of the Year, the Naismith Award semifinalists were announced, and Will Wade, to everybody's shock, not part of the semifinalists for that award. Neither is John Calipari at Kentucky. Interesting. Really interesting. You've got Rick Barnes at Tennessee, the only uh, SEC coach that was nominated there. 
You've also got some stalwarts, Mike Krzyzewski, Mark Few, uh, both nominated there. You have Kelvin Sampson at Houston, but no Will Wade. Very interesting. That's certainly a snub. I don't know how he doesn't make that list. It's a little mind-boggling. Here's an updating an update on LSU's bracketology that we do every single day. When these are updated, LSU defeating uh, Texas A&M yesterday without Tremont Waters and defeating him by double digits without Tremont Waters, it's, it's a feather in your cap. The, the selection committee usually doesn't reward you for beating bad teams, but the human element factors in here. When they now have wins on their resume without Tremont Waters against number 5 Tennessee – and now another SEC win without your point guard. Um, again, that's a feather in your cap. Look at what happened to Duke without Zion Williamson, second straight year that they lose to Virginia Tech yesterday. So Duke now down on the one line. No way they're the number one overall seed anymore. That's either going to be Virginia or Gonzaga right now. We'll see what happens the rest of the time. But if you go across the bracketologist sites, Joe Lenardi, the most uh, prominent of those at ESPN.com, he still has LSU as a four seed. I don't understand that seed line from Joe Lenardi, who, look, he's much better at his job than I would be at his job. He almost nails the 58-team, a 68-team fields every single year. The one area that he's not great at, and he'll tell you this, he's really good at um, forecasting the teams that are actually going to make the tournament, not always great with that, what seeds they're going to be. And because of the new pod system in college basketball, I've talked about this before this week, sometimes the selection committee will either lower your seed by a seed line or raise it by a seed line from where they would usually have you in order to make sure that you go to a, a sub-regional that's going to be closer. The closest sub-regionals this year, Jacksonville is there. You've got Tulsa uh, that's relatively close here, Columbia, South Carolina. Those are the three where almost assuredly uh, you're going to see LSU. The most likely spot for LSU would be Jacksonville. But Joe Lenardi has LSU as a four seed out in San Jose in that sub-regional. So that would be a heck of a trip for all LSU fans to go back out there to California and the West Coast. Let's hope they get in that Jacksonville or the Tulsa or uh, Columbia, South Carolina sub-regional there. So ESPN and Joe Lenardi, they have LSU as a four. At CBS's Bracketology, LSU holds serve after yesterday's win at a number three seed prediction in the East region. That'll be the Duke region, unless Duke falls apart here the last couple of weeks. They'll have that number one seed in the East region. LSU playing Montana in CBS's prediction, number 14 seeded Montana. If you go over to SB Nation, blogandthebracket.com, that's Chris Dauber team. He's also excellent. LSU now their second highest rated number three seed. They've got Houston, LSU, Kansas, and Marquette as the number three seed, LSU in at their number 10 overall team in this bracket and the second three seed. It's good news there. They have LSU in the East Regional, which would be the Louisville Regional, also the Duke Regional there. Uh, the one seeds uh, in this order at SB Nation blog in the brackets, Virginia's one, Gonzaga's two, Duke's three, and Kentucky in at number four, replacing Tennessee after a couple of days ago. Uh, we told you USA Today's uh, yesterday. That hasn't changed or a couple of days ago. We told you about it. LSU still a three seed in the USA Today bracket. They're in the Anaheim region. The West region is LSU taking on number 14, Radford. If you told me and asked me, hey, where would you – if you could put LSU anywhere you wanted, realistically here, we're not going to throw them in as a number one seed, but where would you put them? I'd have them in that Midwest region, just a more winnable bracket with Virginia sitting in that Midwest region likely as the number one seed. 
uh, or the South region, depending on where Kentucky goes or who gets the number one seed. You, you don't want to be in the East region. You don't want to be in the West region. So if they can get a three or a four seed or even a two seed in the Midwest or the South region, staying away from Duke, staying away from Gonzaga, I think that's their best outcome. And uh, USA Today and blogging, the or, excuse me, USA Today and uh, is the only one of those four that has them not in the West or the East region. So I guess we'll pay attention to that. Let's get to some text here at 870, 870. Uh, Seth, uh, I want the Saints to take uh, to also take a look at Earl Thomas and free agency. It's interesting. I, I mean, they can take a look at him, but the problem is it's not going to happen. It, it's uh, Earl Thomas, future Hall of Fame free safety, uh, very ugly exit, although not to the level of maybe Antonio Brown or Levine Bell in Pittsburgh, but ugly exit up there in Seattle. There's a chance – that maybe they keep him up there. That's almost assuredly not going to happen. He's made no uh, hiding it, no secret that he wants to go play for the Dallas Cowboys. I would expect Earl Thomas is going to play for the Dallas Cowboys. They have a need there. They would like Earl. Earl would like to go there. I'm guessing he's an unrestricted free agent. That's indeed uh, where he will end up. Another text, uh, any chance of the NOLA Gold going to play at Zephyr Stadium next year? No, probably not. Uh, Scott Alexander was on earlier COO of NOLA Gold. They love playing over there at Gold Stadium at Shaw. There are some talks about where they might play in the future, but I don't have any word uh, on that. Here's a text from the 985 for Thomas, uh, Michael Thomas, like to see a bridge contract. Add three years and 48 to $50 million, all guaranteed. So that plus what's left on the rookie deal, but fully guaranteed. It's interesting. Here's the, the problem with that. Michael Thomas and his agent, they want to set a new standard for the wide receiver market. And he deserves that. I'm not going to bang on Michael Thomas for wanting to get paid $20 million a year or so and paid as the highest paid receiver in the National Football League, which would be the highest ever contract a receiver has had, at least uh, annual salary in the National Football League. That's going to have to happen in order for Michael Thomas to sign this extension. I would doubt, knowing Michael Thomas's competitiveness, and maybe I'm wrong here, I would doubt that he's going to sign for less than the Odell Beckham deal, at least as far as an annual salary. He wants to be known as the guy who set the market, the guy who's getting paid more than anybody else at the wide receiver position. So that's going to take more than the $18 million a year that Odell Beckham Jr. is. It's a tough spot for the Saints. It's a real tough spot for the Saints. Michael Thomas, fabulous, one of the a handful of best receivers in the league, there's no doubt. He's worth that money, but we, we've told you before the statistics where hi, highly paid wide receivers often hamstring your salary cap situation. It's only happened one time that a top-eight receiver in the league has even made a Super Bowl in this modern uh, era of salary cap and free agency, and that was Julio Jones. Not to rehash that. We've talked about it before. But I, j I just don't know how the Saints, who are entering the final throws of the, Brew the Drew Brees era here, do you want Michael Thomas weighing down your cap with $20 million a year or so into an era when you've got question marks at the quarterback position. That is a scary proposition. It just is. I mean, look at New York right now. It's not the same as they struggle with Eli Manning still entrenched up there. There's reports that Eli uh, may be traded, may be done up there. But when you don't have great play at the quarterback position, when you're in some kind of rebuild, whether that's short-term or long-term rebuild, you just don't want that kind of contract at the wide receiver position. So I, I will be extremely interested to see how that all plays out. If I, again, could snap my fingers 
and I was named Saints general manager, and I'd have to obviously I'd trust the guys around me, but I don't think I'm paying a receiver $20 million a year right now, just like I'm not paying a running back $10 million a year. I believe you've just got too many guys across the league that can give you production at uh, a very high level that aren't going to cost you anywhere near that much. But, again, I'm not going to fault Michael Thomas for going and wanting that money at all. He deserves it. He deserves to set the, uh, the contract. And you know what? He'll get paid that much by somebody. He will get paid by that much by somebody, whether that's here for the Saints or whether they franchise him eventually, which that would be an ugly situation, or he eventually goes somewhere else in free agency. Someone's going to pay him that much. Text from the 985, in that case, see you, Michael Thomas. I don't think it's going to be a case of see you. They, they like him too much here. And from all indication, he likes New Orleans too much. We'll take a break. When we come back, your phone calls at 504-260-1870. That's area code 504-260-1870. Text line is 87870. Also, we'll have a live listening over there in Baton Rouge, the box. Southern has scored a run in the top of the eighth inning. Runners on first and second with nobody out. Live listening of that game as LSU looks to remain unbeaten on the year. A big lead in that game. It's now 17-1. to Got a lot of texts to get to. A couple of calls as well, I believe. But first, I want to give you a live listening here for LSU baseball as Riggs Threadgill, new pitcher in for the Tigers, had the bases loaded, did Southern a little bit ago, but LSU in control, 17-1 to here. Here's the live listening on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Without any uh, other damage done, Threadgill gets out, 17-1. to LSU continues to lead. Once they get back up to bat here, bottom of the eighth inning, it'll be their final time up to the plate. We'll go back out there. So, Logan, let me know when they are back there. Uh, let's get to some text here uh, coming in at 870-870 about the Saints. Text from the 504, how can they justify Drew Brees taking a $30 million cap hit? I guess in reference to me saying that $20 million is too much for a wide receiver. Well, to be honest, um, the, the results with quarterbacks that are at the $25-plus million plateau, not very good either. You get to a point when one player taking up that much of the salary cap space in a capped league, when you have 53 guys on this roster and you're starting 22, I don't even count your special teamers, yeah, they just hamstrings you. Uh, it does. I think it proofs in the pudding here about these contracts, I, I still am waiting for a – and it had to be a younger general manager that's given some leash by one of these NFL teams to come in and and play a little money ball, play a little billy bean. Not that you're going you – know, it's a level playing field, not that you're going to be way under the salary cap. In fact, the CBA says that you got to be at 90% of the salary cap, over, I think, over a rolling three- or four-year span. So you've got to be up there, but – point is you're spread out the contracts a little bit differently pay more to the offensive and defensive linemen pay more um uh, to those positions in the trenches and maybe the linebacker positions too and uh, the teams that overpay skill position players receivers running backs even quarterbacks they have a harder time maintaining a consistent level of success not a lot of people I guess more enough they don't like to talk about it. They roll their eyes when he bring up Tom Brady's contract. Was it fifteen million, seventeen million dollars a year? As he took a pay cut, he's able to do that for a variety of reasons. And th- there was possibly some shady stuff going on with Robert Kraft investing in some of his businesses to give him a little kickback, a kickback off the books, off the NFL books, anyways, which also isn't allowed. But there's a reason why the the, the Patriots are there every year because they manage that salary cap differently. They are brutal with letting guys go when they feel like they want to be overpaid, cutting ties with guys that they drafted, filling with 
mid-level and low-level free agents, and then they'll pay guys um, near the top that they think are uh, true different makers and are going to hamstring their cap situation long-term. And look what they did with Brandon Cooks. When he said he wanted to get paid uh, that much money, they shipped him off. It's one example of many there. So salary cap evaluation is something that incredibly key and, and important skill in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, you put me on the book here, uh, on the record. What do I do with Michael Thomas? You say, i got to make a decision right now. I don't know if I could make that decision. I see arguments on both sides of it, but I just, I'm just i thinking two, three, four, five years down the road here in New Orleans when Drew Brees isn't here. It'll be interesting. Text from the 985. Hell with a rebuild. Drew has two to three more years. Saints better resign him. I don't know if he has two or three more years. We'll see. LSU's back. They're up to bat here. Here's another live listening over at the box. Again, this is a live listening to LSU baseball. They're on top of Southern 17-1 to over at the box. We'll try to keep it here through the Tigers' half of this inning. Bases loaded for LSU again. We've got to step aside for a quick break. If they're still in action over the box, we'll give you a live listening before the top of the hour. One more hour of the show. We'll hear from Deuce McAllister. And we've got two-minute drill sports lives also coming up in the last lap on WWL. In a half or so, LSU still up at the plate. Let's go back out to the box on the LSU Sports Radio Network. And we also will be taking a break for CBS News and local news at the top of the hour. Nick's just about downtown, I believe, that I see. Um, probably might still be rolling by the time we're done here at the station. Coming up next hour, Deuce McAllister talks about Saints free agency, some big decisions with Michael Thomas and, and Mark Ingram and others. We've got Sports Libs, Two Minute Drill, and Johnny Manziel banned by the CFL. What? One more hour on the last lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.